Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Bristopia. My name's Andy Price, and this is the first episode of a brand new radio show where we'll be looking at local news in Bristol, uh, events, um, and just kind of, you know, the people that just hang out here. Um, we've got a guest in today who's representing Bristol's Green Capital bid, and she's insisting it's absolutely nothing like an eBay bid, but we'll get to the bottom of that later on in the show. Um, well, later still, we take a look at a brand new cafe in the city that remarkably doesn't sell pulled pork find out what they do sell later on again. But first, news headlines. 2015 fevers hit Bristol and many residents are wondering if the city can top the last 12 months. The year marked the 150th anniversary of the Clifton Suspension Bridge and a huge firework display drew crowds of 100,000 people. However, the council has insisted their plans for 2015 are even more spectacular. So there's that to look forward to. Shortly after these celebrations, Bristol was again overwhelmed with excitement thanks to shooting stars from the Geminids meteor shower. It could be seen across Bristol in December, however, was only watched by one man and his telescope in Kingswood. Said the suspension bridge, nice try nature, nice try. A man from the city has come up with one of the best excuses for TV license avoidance. He says he shouldn't have to pay because he is Jesus Christ. While the attempt is admirable, some say the man aimed too high by professing to be a 2,000-year-old religious deity. The BBC commented saying over 75s already get a free TV license and maybe he'd have more luck if he just said he was someone's nan. Now, some of you may have noticed that coffee is becoming big business in Bristol. Apparently, we're in the midst of the third wave of enthusiasm. Uh, it's resulted in major chains shutting their stores across the city in favour of uh, more uh, gourmet establishments. But its popularity isn't good news for one pervert who has been banned by the courts from every single coffee shop in the city for exposing himself to young girls. Coffee giant Starbucks has resisted the ban, saying, please let us take him. He's all we've got. Elsewhere, there are ambitious plans to turn Bristol's tower blocks and motorways into nature reserves. In response, Bristol City Hospital has unveiled plans for a new block in its building reserved for birds suffering lung infections caused by car fumes. It will be called the Wing Wing, for which I'm sorry. Bristol was officially handed the status of Green Capital by outgoing City Copenhagen last December and now grants worth £50,000 are being considered for funding. The proposals have caused controversy and some have called them out over expensive plans. One of these in particular is the installation of a solar tree in Millennium Square. Here to talk about that and the various proposals being considered is Polly Ashen, who's leading the bid for Bristol. Hi there. Hi Polly. Now, can you tell us about some of the events the council will be funding over the next year? Let's start with that solar tree course well the solar tree is a 13 foot tree made out of 36 solar panels which will charge the phones of all those who sit near it as well as offering free wi-fi 
And am I right in thinking this functional artwork is going to cost £50,000? No, it's going to cost £49,750, actually. Right, but that's not the only tree project either. You're also considering funding Tree Song, which is a musical project which will create songs from the sounds of fruit falling from a tree. Well, I suppose that's only £37,500, but do you think the public will consider that one more value for money? All right, Mr Cynical, with your judgy face and your judgy voice... You're the one who's going to be walking past a tree lamp with your kids on a Sunday while tree music is playing in the background going, Ooh, how fucking delightful is this? Steady And on. your kids will go, Daddy, please can I look at the tree lamp? How is it powered, Daddy? How does it work, Daddy? We are making magical family moments and you think that all comes for free? Well, how much does it cost you? You think money just grows on trees? That'd be nice. Well, it doesn't. Magical fucking moments do. Or fruit? Yes, fruit. We'll be turning those apples into beautiful music. Nice. It'd be like if Chris Martin showed up at your Christmas party with a crate of Strongbow. But wouldn't it make more sense to spend that money on educating people about climate change and sustainability, though? Oh yeah, good idea. Hey everyone, free meeting in Town Hall. You can learn all about sustainability and nature. There'll be loads of exciting guest speakers. Anyone? Oh, hello. Three people! From St. Werbergs. Hey, the goats at their city farm are delightful. I'm so sorry. It's just, we don't need to preach to the converted, you know? Okay, well, how about drawing up some goals for climate change? Wow! Town hall meeting back on, guys! And now there's free cider and organic flapjacks! Awesome! Look, it's the same three people, and now their dog is shitting on the floor! We have to get the public to accidentally engage with these matters because the people who care about green matters already care, you know? But others need to be tricked. They have too much of their mind to care, like mortgages and children and the price of shoes. Whether the pretzel stand in Broadmead will be giving out free samples today. They want pretty things and music and gimmicks and stuff that they can stumble upon with their families and go, oh, you know what? Life is a wonderful place and worth fighting for. Is it, though? We need to trick the younger generation to care about the environment through pretentious, expensive art projects. Otherwise, this planet is doomed. I think Chris Martin said it best when he said, you've got to wear the right trousers if you're going to be a rock star. And it's no more a waste of money than that fucking water slide. So you are admitting that it's a waste of money? No. (laughs) I've had orgasms that went on longer than that water slide, you know? (laughs) I spoke to the guy that came up with the idea, and you know what he said? He said he wished he hadn't fucking bothered. All right, all right, let's move on. What about this proposal? The Urban Beekeeping Project in Clifton. Well, what else are we going to do in Clifton? We hardly need to educate Clifton Village about sustainability and climate change, do we? We don't need to fund police-run courses on anti-social behaviour there, do we? Teach them about the wonders of recycling organic food. Come on. We could tell them to turn down their argus once in a while, I suppose, but... I think they'd only stop inviting me around for tapas. And what about the rest of the budget? What's that going to be spent on? I'm going to hire Chris Mark for our Christmas party. Shh, don't tell anyone. Polly Ashen, everyone. Oh, 
As Bristol continues in its quest for green status, heavy earth-moving machinery will be used to create a £6 million surfing lake just outside the city in what can only be described as a recreation of the opening credits of the animals of Farthing Wood. Wildlife experts have expressed their concern and said that voles will be made homeless, owls will become beach bums and field mice will shun formal education in a vain attempt to stay radical. The much-loved Picture House on White Ladies Road is to fire up the projectors once more. In its heyday, the cinema became so loved that visitors didn't dare visit for fear of ruining the upholstery. As a result, it closed at the turn of the millennium when people forgot what the building was for altogether, mistaking it for a cinema-themed student nightclub. After a lengthy and drawn-out legal process over the intended use of new plans, it has been decided that a large room with multiple chairs facing the same direction is the way to go. In related news, residents across the city are expressing concern towards spiralling confectionery prices after thousands flocked to multiplexes over the Christmas period. They watched unseasonably high-quality blockbusters such as Annie, which was meh, Merry Friggin' Christmas, which somebody was in, and Horrible Bosses 2, which was the second one. George Ferguson has acted to assuage fears by announcing he will stabilise popcorn prices and freeze them in line with national interest rates set by the Bank of England. Said Ferguson, we haven't seen crowds like this since the release of Santa Paws 2, the Santa Pups. In the last few months, a brand new cafe has opened up in the Shoreditch area of London. It sells exclusively cereal, much of which has been imported from America. Our on-location story this episode took us to a similar venture opening up right here in Bristol. Here to talk about it is our American intern exchange student, Justin Crockler. Welcome to our short documentary this episode, called Porridge. Totsotsum is a brand new cafe on Wine Street in the heart of Bristol. It has followed its big city contemporaries, such as the recently launched Serial Killer Cafe in Shoreditch. The restaurant has met significant controversy due in part to the gentrification it's bringing to the financially deprived area. Totsotsum is hoping to bring a similar level of controversy to Bristol. So what's on the menu? Porridge. That's right, Oliver Twist's favorite meal. The kind of grain he loves so much, he wanted more. He was such a fan that he risked a severe beating and becoming just another statistic on the infant mortality rate due to infected lesions and a severe deficit of paternal love. But will the general Bristol public be willing to risk as much for their breakfast? Former art man animator Brian Simon, who launched the cafe, thinks so. Thanks to his heavily researched menu which consists of warm bowls of whole grain oats in two exciting flavors. Those are normal and ready break. Just like those twin brothers at the Serial Killer Cafe that have decorated their store with various retro paraphernalia like 80s cartoons and figurines, Simon and his adoptive uncle are hoping to stir the porridge of his customers in a similar way. That's right, uh, we filled the place with nostalgic memories from our childhoods, uh, which is no mean feat when our target audience's childhood generally took place between 1920 and 1958, but we've managed it. We've uh, we stacked the place high with, with fond memories, uh, like the, the framed ladybird book covers on the wall, and the taxidermy blue Peter dogs we've got man, manning the entrance. 
And uh, we've even employed a guy to sit in a corner and read Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And he looks just like Ronnie Barker. Kids love it. I mean, well, they do when it's told right. I think Steve's been getting a bit bored of repeating the same story over and over again, to be honest. And it's only about three minutes long. Now, kids, how many bears does it take to make a bowl of porridge? Three. Wrong. It's four. One to make the porridge too hot, one to make it too cold, and one to make it just right. And another to mold Goldilocks' face and body. (laughs) Well, I guess some kids aren't having fun, but I thought I'd better ask. Does it remind anyone else of their childhood? Er, no, because I'm not an orphan raised in 1900s London. The atmosphere in Totsotsum is upbeat on opening morning, but by the end of the day, trade is dipping. We can't understand it. Um, porridge is great. It's a nutritious meal. It can be enjoyed at any time of the day, and it's just so much less effort than solid food. But it doesn't look like customers agree. Brian Simon again. It's like they just enjoy fucking chewing. Things were looking more, oh no you didn't, than oh to this world for these cafe owners. But when I went back a week later for the life-saving insulin that I left behind, the atmosphere was notably different. Wow, where did all these people come from? Yeah, things worked out really well, uh, working out. So we, we, you know, we changed things, uh, we changed things around a bit. Did you sack Steve? No, no, don't tell me. He's been put on the register, right? No, we've replaced our tills with an iPad-focused payment system, and we only accept like contactless payment. Well, that's not actually quite what I meant by register. But wait, you're only contactless. Well, what about all those people that don't have contactless bank cards? Porridge consumption can't simply be opened up to all. There has to be a line drawn. Where would we be in a society to have tramps running around, throwing their piss at the walls and shitting in your sugar bowls? I mean, you know what they do with the cups, right? I don't understand it. So I asked him, is your porridge exclusive? In a way, in a way, Venezuelan porridge oats don't come from just anywhere. You know, I mean, Steve's our chief importer now, and he's done a great job of acquiring our oats straight from the source. Small, family-run farms in the Peruvian mountains. Simon continues. The industry is booming. We've got a balanced menu that covers the entire flavour palette, which we've developed by offering both single-origin oats and also some really wonderful blends. We've even bought ourselves a DeLonghi Prima Donna XS Oat Crusher, and it has a triple filtration system that finely mills the oats without sacrificing the earthy flavour tones. And, um, and we ban children as well, because fuck them. And it's not just the porridge that's changed. We play music, maybe a classical hip-hop blend, Something uncomfortably hip, like a, maybe electro, I don't know. Uh, what are the kids listening to these days? How about the, not any kids, the cool kids. No guitars, so electro. Yeah, electro. Actually, uh, delicate folk. Totzotzum has also changed its name. Above the shop is a sign that employs a narrow but tall serif font, exclaiming only, Oh. Its previous decor has been replaced with white walls, steel tabletops, and a local poet who sits in the corner, ironically reading the Hunger Games to himself. His beard is dusted lightly with flecks of oat's signature dish, 
the Peter Oat Tool, a demitasse spoonful of Belfast oats, slow-soaked in Guinness for 21 hours over a cold flame. The oats are then served in a shot glass with a whiskey chaser on the side. Connoisseurs say it tastes like Pierce Brosnan's earlobes, but others say it has a more delicate flavor, sweeter, with a hint of Colin Farrell's misspent youth. But what do customers think of the changes? It's just like, you know. And what are they ordering? Can I get the Venezuelan blend with a dash of hot milk? You could, but we actually recommend that it comes without dairy to protect the flavour. So you could have it, but you'd be ruining everything, and then we would actually hate you forever. Oh, okay. Harsh. Would you like some organic Tibetan cocoa shavings or Dead Sea salt flake with that? There are some exciting flavours of porridge here, and no ready breck in sight. That's right, it's the devil's sawdust. But what what about the other flavours? There's the cold-brewed Australian blend, um, has notes of rosemary and thyme. Uh, while the Mexican blend promises to remind you of a girl you once loved, with a twinkle in her eye and a snaggle in her teeth. While these new, exciting flavours sound great, they do come with quite a bit of a price hike. So I asked Brian about it. It's only 40%. I mean, it's the cover costs and, you know, I like to buy shiny things. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we like to um, to draw people in by writing funny things on our chalkboard. Like what? Okay, um, how about this? Well, what happens when you don't get your oats first thing in the morning? I don't know. You go into a poor rage. Like poor rage. Uh, okay, I see. I didn't. All right, um, and then, uh, so yesterday was International Speak Like a Pirate Day. Uh-huh. So we just wrote Pargridge. Pargridge, so with R. And that worked. Well, we put an inflatable parrot on it too. While we all enjoy the comforting taste of childhood tap dancing on our tongues with velvet shoes, a fiver is a lot to spend on dice grains. Yet somehow, the cues for oat are out the door. It seems our desire to feel like functional adults has manifested itself in our willingness to part with money for artisan food products. It costs more, so people think it's better. So, is oat taking advantage of our susceptibility when it comes to novelty foods? Let's get to the bottom of this. How good could porridge oats possibly be? How about today's special, uh, which is one delicately flavoured with East Indian spices and tea leaves. We call it oat cow cutter. Okay, I'm taking my first bite. Mm. Oh. I mean, wow, Jesus Christ, this is so fucking good. Oh my God, I feel like I'm 10 again, and I'm sitting at my kitchen table, and my shoes, my shoes don't even touch the ground. And there's Sophie, my retriever. She's licking my knee with her tongue. And my father, Pops, he's reading the newspaper, but he's just noticed, right out of the corner of his eye, Sophie has dragged in a dead pigeon. Oh, he's not happy now. He shouts at me. He says, This is your dog, son. You're letting her run riot. You're making a fool of her. Of you. And even worse, of me. Ah, but the steam coming off the porridge moistens my face and no one can tell that the tears are real. And I pick up my spoon. And with my hands, and I bring it up towards the porridge bowl. And oh my god, my legs were so short back then. What happened? 
but it's freezing outside and my dad is still shouting. But I, I can't hear him. This is the porridge. I picked up the kitchen roll of stuff two words in my ear just to block out the screaming. But his face continues to get red, so I know he's still angry, but now I'm back there, in front of the warm porridge, and I, I can't believe I'm crying, like, like for joy this time. Don't make me go to school, Mom. Let me crawl back in your womb with this porridge, and, and... Oh yeah, that's why I hate porridge. Okay, that's me done. Back to you, Andy. Oh, okay, well I guess that's it. Thank you, Justin. Wow, this music's really loud. Um, I guess that's the end of our show. Um, thanks so much for listening. My name's Andy Price. Uh, the show was written by myself, Ellen Wardell, and Daniel Izzard. Also featured the voice talents of Dan Caswell. Um, you can find out more about Dan Izzard at simplelampoon.com. More about Ellen at ellenwardell.com. For more about the whole thing, go to uh, chaplinmustachecomedy.co.uk. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.